1: Hey everybody, hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion. I am Youth Pastor Drew, and with me I have Producer Dan. Hey, hey. So today we're going to be talking in um, Acts chapter 2. We're going to be talking about the church, um, what the role is of the church, and um, what are some do's and don'ts of the church. So <clears throat> we're going to be reading from Acts 2, 42 through 47, and Producer Dan will read that.
0: All right, right. We're gonna, actually we're going to go back 1 to 41, and then we'll read through to the end of it. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added about that day three thousand souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So, before we jump in, I'm going to steal uh, some wisdom from our normal host uh, and say, give us some context about this. We were talking about this before. what had just happened, and kind of where we at? Set the scene for us a little bit.
1: So at the beginning of um, Acts two, right here, we see, <clears throat> sorry, we see that, that you know all these people had gathered in, um, to worship and just to um, to be preached to by Peter a- about God, and these other people came and they started making fun of him, and, and instead of throwing hate back, Peter turns to them and begins to just preach the gospel. And and we see God radically change them through this. And, and that is where we're picking up is, is God is radically changing them. And notice that I said God and not Peter. You know, Peter's words were were inspired by God. God was working yep. through him as a vessel. And I think that is a huge part of the church is having somebody who's going to preach the word and just be a vessel, not be up there for themselves, not be up there to showboat, you know, to self-proclaim, but just to be used as a vessel. Yep.
0: And one of the things to, to look at here is the fact that not just what's present and how that can kind of be a, a blueprint for the church today, but also what's not present. They had no uh, real structure to look at. You know, if if we start a church now, there there have been so many churches started, there's, some, there's a path for us to follow where we say, oh, we need this, this, and this, and the church can start. We don't see any of that here. We see... That they knew they needed to preach the gospel. They knew they had been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, by his his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection, and they knew that they needed to accept that uh, that gift of salvation and to pass that on to others so they can make that same decision and be saved for all eternity. And that's it. That was that was the beginning and end of their plan. And so, if we go back, and that's why I, I wanted to make sure we included um, verse forty-one you know there were 3000 people added to their number that day that's with no organization no programs no sunday school no any of that um and and that leads me to to a, my one my one uh, off kilter question for Drew uh so you're a preacher's kid obviously know that have the joy of knowing your dad uh I'm a preacher's kid um what is your favorite memory growing up of of the church you grew up in
1: um so I did grow up here at Marion. Um moved here when I was 3, I think, 3 or 4. Um but my favorite memory would definitely be um <clears throat> we used to have these things um every fifth Sunday. Well was, it was breakfast. That's all it was. But just to see um it, we, we, the men would get here really early and then um right before Sunday school everybody would show up the whole church. At this point we weren't we weren't running, you know, a large number so everybody yeah. could fit. In the old fellowship hall and everybody would come. No one would miss it. Yep. And everybody would be there and you wouldn't see, you know, normal cliques just sitting with, with it. People would sit with whoever they wanted yep. to, where you know, they would go to random people they hadn't talked to, and they 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 would just fellowship. And that, you know, at that point the church is being the church. The yep. church is being what God intended it to, and being together and being one as it it says multiple times in Acts two. And I think that is a <clears throat> I think that's you know one of the key key things in Acts two is is we notice the word all and together it's used so much through yep. the Bible.
0: So this was completely not planned, and this is, is I'm over here just grinning as he's going through this. My favorite memory of growing up in a church is almost the exact same thing. So um, people who from who are from around here they they may know uh, Whitmore Christian Church is is the church I grew up in. Um, And we had a breakfast with, we we joined with a Methodist church out at Whitmall and would have a pancake breakfast every so many weeks. And it was the exact same thing. I didn't even know a lot of the people at that church, but we all came together and we all enjoyed it. It wasn't, you know, some super formal thing. It was a bunch of people getting together and enjoying fellowship together. And that's what we see here. We see them talking about breaking bread together, and even um, and, and this seems radical by by our standards in the church today, at, at least in America. Um, you know, they sold their possessions and put all the money the 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 picture I get is they all put pool their money and then give it out to those in need. Um, there's a couple things missing from this that that I I just find astounding as as a modern believer. Um, or a modern member of a church uh, is the, the fact that everybody gave everything they had. Mm-hmm. We don't see that a lot.
1: No, <laughs> Definitely. Um, and you know, one thing we hear a lot. I know, um, you know, Pastor Hank, my dad, he he preaches this a lot, and he, he this is one of his sayings. He he said it since I was a kid, he's been very consistent on this. And it's you know, typically in most churches you go to, it's twenty percent of the people doing eighty percent of the work. Yep. And right here, we don't see that because you know, you go to verse four. It says, "And all who believed were together and had all things in common." Right there, you know, it doesn't say the elite, the elders, the deacons, the pastor. It says all. The whole church was participating. You know, I would attribute that to verse 41. All those people coming was because all the church was doing their part.
0: So, oh man, it's like this was mapped out for us. Okay, so, um, you know... one of the things I've I've seen lately with everything going on with COVID and all that good stuff is that thirty percent of the people who left the church during the, the pandemic will never step back into church in into a a church again or be part of a a church family again. And it's, it's very easy to to become kind of defensive about it and be like, well, then they weren't really interested in being part of the church family anyway, and they weren't, they weren't real believers anyway. And there may be some, some truth to that. I know in some circumstances that may be the case. But what if some of that is because of their experience with the church in general? You know, we, we look at this, and it's no mistake. There's nothing in the Bible by accident. Um, God's holy word is infallible. It is God's Word. It is what we have, it is how we hear God speak the majority of the time. It's no mistake that this was the first picture of the church that we get. Um, this, by today's standards, is, is very radical. So I wonder if some of the, the lack of results we see, the lack of impact we see, isn't because people are are leaving or people have hardened their hearts to God's Word. It's simply because... We stopped being this church that we see in in Acts that says God first, everything else last. God, God first, my myself, my possessions last. God first, programs last. Um, you know, all of these things that we kind of tend to to put up. You know, you see no mention of fog machines here. Uh, <laughs> you see, it's a little you inside see, joke of the IT yeah, team right there. Yeah, um, you know the. And we like to say, you know, people will say, Well, God first and and country second, family third, or family second, country third, depending on how, how you look at it. But what if what if instead we said God first, hard stop, everything else last place?
1: And it's, it's kind of funny though, because we'll say we'll say what you just said, you know, God first, country second, family third. But what we re- what we how we live and how we act is we've us first, myself yep. first, god second, country third. You know, but we don't say ourselves because you know that's selfish. But Amer- I think I think what's happened is America has become a a selfish country of what can I gain? You know, yep. how can I how can I get a get a foot up uh, over you? How can I get in a better situation than you? And you know, nothing's wrong with that. But I think I think the issue is that has leaked into the church. Yep. And so no one wants to sell all their possessions because you know, Hey, I I have a boat, you know, John Doe over there doesn't have a boat. I'm better than him. Yep.
0: I worked for that boat. Yep. I deserve that boat. Yeah. Yep. And so
1: I, I think what we have to do is be able to separate church and and our, our our American mindset. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Because I
1: mean, nothing's wrong with with being about yourself when you're out there in the world trying to get a leg up. Because hey, you're just trying to make a better life for you and your family. That's understandable. But when you come into church, it's not about your life. Yep. It's about worshiping God who sent His Son to die on a cross, and we forget that so often.
0: And and you know, it, this is this is again one of those things that we we have not planned this, but you know, this is coming out the week after. Uh, elections began I don't know that they're they're over but they begin at this <laughs> point point. Um, and you know there's nothing wrong with having a a mindset of being appreciative of the fact that, that we were born in America for those of us who were. Uh, God has has blessed us through being able to uh, be in a country where where we have freedoms that other countries may not enjoy and and along with those are is the important freedom that you know we are free to worship. As, as we see fit, and at the same time, we we have to be careful. Um, being an American and being a Christian are not the same thing. Loving uh, loving Christ and loving God and loving your country is not the same thing.
1: And I, I think. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. you're good. But um, <clears throat> I, I think I think we think it is in America, you know. But in reality, if we break it down, nothing separates me as an American Christian with somebody who lives let's say in spain or turkey you know or somewhere like that and if they're a christian then we're on an even plane but i feel like we're like hey look you know i'm a christian i'm better than everybody else i'm an american christian like yep. this is basis of it what it gets we think for some reason we think christianity started in america
0: <laughs> yeah and yeah
1: and that's the farthest thing from the truth
0: so, so let's pull it back in a little bit. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with ever. you. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, got, we got a little further off there than I meant to. Um, but with that, there is, we're, we're talking a lot of, of kind of ideas, but there was one verb that stood out to me, um, and it comes right at the beginning of uh, verse 42. It says, and they devoted themselves. It doesn't say they uh had some spare time so they they went and hung out at the church or they went and hung out with the brethren. It doesn't say they didn't have anything better to do so they wanted to go see what was going on. It said they devoted themselves. And this is another one, it goes back to that same question. You know, are we, as the church, you know, Big C, God's body, are we really showing the world that we're devoted or has has church become, in, in our modern day, the something to do because it means you're a good person, you're a good member of society, or it's a social club type situation, or are we really sold out willing to say, you know, no matter what the world says, I'm part of this body of believers, and the reason the only thing that unites me with them is the only thing that matters, and that's our love for Christ and the recognition that He is who He said He is.
1: And, you know, going along with that, we, we see, this just hit me, so um, in verse 46, it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Right there, their, you know, their relationship, the church does not end when the pastor says oh, amen. Oh, yeah, there you go. I feel like so many of us think that, and so that's why we have Sunday morning Christians. Yep. That's why we have so many people who will go to church, praise Jesus, but in the same mouth, curse somebody who cuts them off Monday morning yep. or curse because their football team didn't win at 425 <laughs> on Sunday, that Sunday, yeah. you know? And, and so we cannot, you cannot, you cannot be the church if you don't know who you're worshiping with. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm just going to say it like this. This is a, a prime example. You know, me and Dan have a ton, a, a ton of things in common. Yep. Now we have, when we have our differences, we have our differences, um, but we, but you know, we have we have so many similarities, and we would have known that because you know when I came back to Marion, I knew who Dan was. I knew Dan was a great singer, and he, you know, he was a good Christian. But that was it. And so, luckily, you know, Dan is really good in IT, and I am decent at IT. Um, and so, when COVID hit, this is God, you know, using a pandemic yep. to bring the church together yep. right here. Is my father was looking for an IT team because he still wanted to proclaim the gospel, even though we couldn't meet in person. Yep. And so he brought me, Dan, and David Morgan together, and us three have grown so much closer oh, yeah. to where oh, yeah. you know we're we're texting almost every day, just talking about <laughs> random stuff, sending each other jokes, you know, just goofing off. But I've made a friend, but now yep. I also know, you know, when I'm worshiping, I'm not worried about hey, I wonder if Dan's worshiping too, because yep. I, I know his heart absolutely. And but absolutely. we, we oh, in the man, church, we, we come in as you know we we skip Sunday school because we don't want to talk to anybody and we don't want to get up that early and then we'll we'll come in we'll sit in our seats we won't talk to anybody we'll sit there we won't sing any songs we'll listen to the preacher preach and then we'll get up and we'll leave immediately
0: man I got I got chills right now I I, I'm about to get excited here in a minute um the the thing oh man we've talked about this so many times and 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 Hank's brought up multiple times I know you know people come in they're like well I don't I don't want to come in late because so-and-so will talk about me or they, they didn't say hey to me how quickly does all of that just disappear when you get to know the people of the church, God's people, and you spend time with them? Those doubts just go away.
1: And then, you know, in verse 44, it says right there, and all things in common. Yep. When is the last time we looked at somebody and said, what do I have in common with you? Not what do I, what is different about you? Because oh, we're man. so worried about being different. That we miss having things in common with people, and let That's me just it. say, I would rather be in in a in a crowd of people that I know I have things in common than being in a crowd just knowing that I stand out.
0: Yep, and and the fantastic thing that just above all else, if you are part of a, a Bible believing church, if you are part of God's family, it doesn't matter if it's your first time there or you're you're you've been there for a hundred years you have the most important thing in common with them that you could ever have. And that's your love for Jesus Christ and your acceptance of his salvation. And so when you go in and I remember very vividly when I was a teenager, um, was the first time I'd grown up in the church, my dad uh, preached at. And we, at that point he retired from preaching. We, we switched churches out as someone who is just awkward as can be socially. uh, It was terrifying uh, to go to a new church and, and, I'll never forget someone asked what my name was and I was hiding behind my older brother and they had to ask me 3 times and then finally ask him because I I was so quiet speaking to them. If you know that that the basis of who you are your whole identity and 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 we've talked about this a lot lately if your identity is wrapped up in Christ and and there's another person doesn't matter if you've ever met them or not before um and you know that their identity is in Christ, then the most important thing for all eternity has already been established that you have it in common. And, and, and so there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, you'll get those doubts. you say, oh, well, they didn't say hey to me. Or, oh, they didn't speak to me. That, that's straight from the devil. He's trying to give you reasons not to be part of an, an active part of God's family.
1: I, so I have a question for you now.
0: Uh-oh, um, PK
1: to PK. Um, <laughs> so, you know, your dad preaches revival. Yep. Did you did you go with him a lot? Because I went with my oh, father. Oh yeah, every, oh yeah, everywhere. I was, I, I was everywhere. my dad's right hand man. I go with him to every revival. Yep. Um, so now th- now this might have just been me, but um, did you ever notice that the more welcoming a church is the more on fire for God. they oh, are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's I, a direct we, correlation we, right there. I, I can remember vividly going to revivals and, you know, in Gretna and, and near in the Dan river area in yep. Danville. And I can remember going in, no one talking to me. I felt like I was at a funeral. Oh yeah. My oh, father yeah. got up there and he preached the word and not a, not, not a soul moved. Everyone, they stood up, thanked him and they walked out. But then I, we would go to, just, it's just one church, man. They're on the other side of Gretna. I'm not going to name names. Um, Dude, we would go in there, man. First of all, the pastor was an amazing, dude, amazing man. He's a man of God. We would go in there and every single person would make sure they talk to me you know, not talk, yeah. everyone's going to talk to dad. because yeah. he, oh, He's yeah. a pastor. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the one preaching the wrong. They want to get on his good side. But you know, a lot of people forget about us PKs. Oh, like, yeah. oh, you know, he's just a PK, whatever. Oh. They would come up and you know, they would just talk to me, say, Hey, what's going on? And they would yeah. learn about me. You know, yeah. a bunch of them knew I played baseball. So every time I saw them, every time we went back, they say, Hey, how, how's baseball going? Hey, how's this going? Mm-hmm. You know, they got to know me. And every time Dad preached there. Every time, every revival, that's four yep. nights. Jesus, what God would move in a mighty way.
0: And that's not a coincidence. No. We see that. And, and that's, you know, one of the other things that stood out about that verse is is that they were meeting in their homes. How rare is that these days? You know, we, we've we got technology. I, I'm an 80s and 90s kid. Um, I grew up, as far as I can remember, almost with, with Internet. We've got more ways to connect than ever. But the one thing that we see time and time again is people feeling isolated, people feeling alone. You know, Marion Baptist Church. One of the things we do here that that I love, we did up until the pandemic, and and I know I can say this with with some great confidence that uh, we will do again once once things get lifted and we're back to to quote unquote normal, um, is visitation. You know, going to someone's home and spending time with them where they're at. Not not in the church, not you know, not at some big formal thing, but just going and spending time together and and sharing God's word in their home and and that brings me to kind of the next the next thing I want to talk about briefly is you know what we see is a church of servant of servants um rather than a church that is self-serving and and you hit on this a little bit earlier, drew with with this idea of selfishness that that we have sometimes um. From the get-go, God's purpose for the church was to serve and to spread the message of Jesus Christ. Hard stop. That's it. If you want to know what what any church you go to, if you want to know how to find a a, a good church, number one, do they preach from God's Word? And, And do they preach regardless of whether it feels good or it's popular or whatever, do they preach what God's Word says? Number two, are they a church that serves others or do they serve themselves? And, and I've seen so many well-meaning churches create programs that really do nothing but make the people who are already members feel really good about being there. And that's about it. So, I, so we we're called to be servants from the get go.
1: And this is, now this is a question for, for you listeners. If you want to know if your church is really serving, I want, I want you to really think long and hard about your programs and I want I want you to categorize them, outreach, and I don't know how you would classify the other one. I guess discipleship. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I want you to honestly look because so many so many churches and nothing's wrong with this because you need to grow you need to absolutely grow, grow yeah Christians. you need both but so yeah. many Christians focus so much on discipleship that their outreach is is absolutely. just is. Just, is 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 not non-existent and, and right there when when dan's talking about serving the church being being a servant your outreach you have to have a a solid outreach otherwise you know your church is going is to slowly st- you're gonna you're gonna stop seeing people come because guess what guys when we open the door people aren't in line to get it come yeah, to the church yeah. they're not and, and and so people we have we have these churches that have these mindsets that hey people are going to want to come to, to the church. In, in today's society they're not. Let's just face yeah. it. They're they're not. They're not gonna we've got we're growing away from God.
0: And and it goes back to just let me let me find my spot here. Um so I, I'm actually gonna go back a little bit to verse uh thirty-eight, to the message that was being taught. It says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that right there if you want to know what the church needs to be communicating that's it um it, you know we again i'm i'm not against programs I, i'm active in in a number of programs that we've had here at Marion through the years
1: oh programs are are yeah, nice. they're, oh, they're
0: they're a necessity
1: right but it's when you focus more on on programs than preaching god's word
0: absolutely you know if if we if we make people feel loved and feel welcome, you know, absolutely they should, but if we don't tell them about Jesus, what you know, when when God calls us home, he's not going to say, Well, how welcome did you feel? How how comfortable did you feel? Um, he's going to ask what you did with the message of Jesus Christ. Hard stop. That's it. That's that's the beginning and end of it. And what I want to encourage, um, there, there's really two audiences that, that came to mind when when I was preparing for, for this podcast. Number one is if you've been in the church for a long time, if you're currently an active member of a church, just stop and, and kind of go through um, what it is your church does, and, and especially if you're, if you're in programs and things like that, and say, what does this do to further God's kingdom and, and spread the message that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died for us and that we can receive everlasting life through his sacrifice. And if you're not in a church, and and this is really where my heart, uh, just is really for you guys. Um, why are you not in a church? And and I think a lot of people, um, at least people that I've come in contact with say, well, I was hurt by a church. Well, this church didn't get along with me. I, they did this, and it really upset me. There, There's really two thoughts I want you to take away from this. Number one, um, no church is perfect. And, and we only half joke, but we say, you know, if it is perfect, when you join it, it won't be perfect. Uh, this church that we see in, in Acts 2 is not perfect. Now, we don't see the day-to-day, you know, I'm I'm sure there were things that happened that were not perfect. Um but the, the, no church is going to be perfect. The other thing to remember is find a church that does these things, these things outlined in, in Acts 2. And it's, it's hard to say, but the church is not the end goal. Okay? The church is the way that we carry out what Jesus Christ has, has commanded us to do, which is to spread his word, to worship him, and— to be the body of Christ. And and multiple times we're called to be the body of Christ. That's what the church is. And so I, I want to encourage you just to start finding a church. Um, you may not find one that is, is perfect. You're not going to find one that's perfect. But what we see here is that this early church is perfectly imperfect, meaning that it's not perfect. It's made up by humans that are sinners that are that have imperfections, but through that body is where God shines. Our imperfections are opportunities for God to show His perfection, his wisdom, his love, his grace, his justice. And so don't go in looking for something that agrees with you 24/7. I, I would argue that if you if you find a church that always agrees with what you think, you may want to start looking elsewhere because they're probably not teaching God's Word. But when you run across those things, understand that God is using that body to further his kingdom.
1: I mean, I, I, that's a great segue into verse 47, that, you know, the main goal of going to church is is not a social club, is not to hang out with others. It's just to to go and worship God. And then we see in, in verse 47, it says, "'Praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who, who's were saved, who were being saved.'" What you gotta realize, guys, it it is when you go when you go find a church. God, I mean, nothing, nothing that, nothing that my father does, nothing that I do, nothing Dan does, nothing that anybody, any leadership is bringing people to to here. Nothing, nothing us. We're just we're just vessels, Mm -hmm. and and so we we focus on on the people, focus on the God, focus on the God of the house, focus on. Don't focus on the people because, like like Dan said, we're imperfect. We're going to hurt you. We're going yep. to let you down. The greatest—I mean, look, look through the Bible. Every prophet failed. Mm-hmm. Every single prophet failed. And yet, time and time again, we go into church and we only focus on the people. We only focus on, hey, what are they doing? Yep. Don't focus on that. Focus, hey, is God working in that church? Is God in that church? And if the answer is no— then then yeah don't don't go to that church or if you do turn them try try you know try to get the church back on track i'm not saying you go in and fix it like start screaming at <laughs> people but you know just find a church that's put that puts god first
0: and one last thing that we're we're just about out of time but one last thing that stood out to me is is going back to that that verse 41 you know, they added um, 3,000 that day, which is astounding uh, to me. And then um, if you go down to uh, 47 as, as well, and the Lord added to their number day by day. You know, this is a—one of the—when this happens, when when numbers are added, not just to a—we're not excited just that our numbers increase at Marion Baptist Church. We're excited because that's a, a name and a soul added— to heaven for eternity. How are you as a Christian celebrating those lives that have been changed for eternity? Do you say, oh, well, that's great. They're part of a church. Now no they're going to last. Yeah, especially new believers. And, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad you said that. One of the things that, that, this, that stood out to me about this scripture is what we really see is, is this picture is almost also a picture of a new believer. We see them saying, I, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything there is to know about the Bible, but I have the one answer that matters, and that's Jesus is Lord. How often do we not support or even, or even really suffocate that flame for Jesus that new believers have? Because let's get down to it. What we're really terrified of is that they're going to be more on fire for Jesus than we are. So instead of spending more time in God's Word, in, instead of spending more time in prayer, instead of building up uh, God's people and His church and worshiping Him, we want to bring them down to our level because it's so much easier.
1: And, and, if, and if you really want to know where your heart is, whether it's a servant's heart, a heart for God, or, or have a selfish ambition, imagine your worst enemy coming to know Christ. How, what would your response be? Yeah. Would you Would you say, probably not real? Or how long would they last? Or would it be? Thank goodness they came to Christ. Yep. Thank goodness that that one one new soul has been added to the Lamb's Book of Life. Yep. That that will that will tell you where your heart is. If your heart's full of hate or love.
0: Yep. Are are you going to to be upset that that person you know that that person can no longer be your enemy? Are you upset that that person is now your brother for eternity? I mean that that really what you're absolutely right. That will. That's a humbling experience, and and if you're not at that point yet where you can rejoice with them, then I was I would strongly suggest starting with praying for them. It's it's hard to it's I'll say it's impossible to hold a grudge for someone you're actively praying for.
1: And um, and so Dan, my last question to you know, to wrap up, if you had to describe Acts two, what is the role of the church? Oh, good grief! All right. Uh, okay that's fairly
0: softball alright is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ
1: mine would be mine would be I'm quoting you okay God first hard stop everything else last
0: I like that 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 has to be the role of the
1: church (laughs) that has to be if it isn't The church isn't following God. I mean like I said earlier, we have misconstrued little g gods. Little g gods are everything we put above God. So if the church is putting some anything above God, then they have an idol.
0: Yeah. Or even equal footing. There there should be no close seconds.
1: And 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 so right there, that's how that's if someone said describe Acts two, God first, hard stop, everything else later.
0: That's it. And we believe it or not, we're out of time. Somehow we made it. Now you guys don't know this, but this is I think about take fifty six of this <laughs> it's, entire. Uh, it's close. Yeah, one, once you get past the intro, everything's just fine and dandy. Um,
1: but anyway, <laughs> talking about God's easy, but
0: <laughs> so um, I'm going to wrap us up in prayer, and then we'll uh, we'll be on our way. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We just thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to share your Word. We thank you for this blueprint of of the early church that you shared with us, and really. Just the fact that you are God, we are not, and everything we do should be to glorify your name and, and raise it on high. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for Jesus, for the sacrifice, and for the free gift of salvation that came at a horrible cost for the one perfect lamb. Heavenly Father, we just pray that whoever is in reach of this word will hear it, consider it, take it in their hearts, and reach out to you. And Heavenly Father, we just pray to come back next week. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. That was the Mosaic Marion, and we'll see you next week.